If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. Hey there, leading ladies. Welcome to the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Herbert, a two-time best-selling author, speaker, family physician, and executive leadership coach with over 20 years experience of providing primary care and serving as a healthcare leader. If you are a woman physician ready to make a change in your career and have a seat at the leadership table, then you are in the right place. I'm excited to provide you with the crucial skills you need to be a successful leader and strategies to deal with workplace challenges. So put on your headphones and listen as we explore the new world of building women physician leaders. Hello, leading ladies. Welcome back to another episode of the Women Physicians Lead Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lisa your coach, your mentor, and your supporter in your leadership journey. So in this series titled Laying the Foundation, we are going to talk with my special guest, Dr. Kelly King. She is a board-certified OBGYN turned entrepreneur who wants every household to have the talk, and that is to begin building a legacy built on making the best decisions about your business, your life events, and your finances. So, you know, as women physicians, we have invested a lot of time and money into our education and careers, and it's time that we start to educate ourselves about the preparation that's needed in order to protect that legacy. So I have with me today, again, my very special guest, Dr. Kelly King. Hey, Dr. Kelly, how are you? I am doing awesome, Lisa. Thank you so much for inviting me on just to share some information and hopefully share something of value to the other women physicians that you and I are, are interacting with every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am so, so honored to have you here today because I think this really fits in with my series of laying the foundation. What I really want to talk about were those foundational things that we need, not only just the skills, but the resources and the planning that we need to do in order to you know, sustain ourselves as leaders. So why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and just tell us who is Dr. Kelly? Wow, that's a great question. I think I wear a couple of hats like so many people probably on this podcast. If I were to keep it pretty simple, I am a mom, I am a wife, I am a board certified OBGYN. I have been practicing for over 20 years. Time goes by super, super quick. I'm also an entrepreneur and I also do real estate investments. So I have a lot of different hats. And at first I said, am I just a crazy person? But I read something about being multi-passionate and, and came to a realization that you can have several different things that you're passionate about. And medicine is still very much actively a part of my life. I love it. But I'm also passionate about this world of finances, leaving a legacy, and 
also creating wealth outside of my traditional career. So multi-passionate would be what I would describe myself as. That is great. I love that term, uh, multi-passionate. And I think that's so important for us as physicians because we are, you know, often just very tunnel vision, very focused Mm -hmm. on just the one career. And as you know, a lot of us are experiencing burnout. And I think that some of that can be combated by just starting to do the things that we really enjoy outside of medicine and finding those interests that really fuel us and help us to thrive. So that is wonderful. I'm so happy for you that you found these other areas, you know, to be interested in and to be passionate about, but also still be able to help people, you know, even outside of medicine. Absolutely. And it took me a minute, Lisa, to really come to that realization that it was okay to still be passionate about medicine and add on additional things. I think you're so right when you say at times you can be um, tunnel visioned. And I was, you know, again, just to share a little bit of my background, I was one of these kids that knew I wanted to be a physician from before I even knew the term obstetrician gynecologist. I knew I wanted to deliver babies. And so when you have that vision for so long, it can be, I don't know if the word would be a challenge, but it can take a moment to settle with the idea that you can add on additional things as you grow and as you change. And there's nothing wrong with changing. Absolutely. So when you think about that, you know, sort of how you just explained, you know, having a vision, wanting to grow and change and wanting to do some things outside of medicine, what was really instrumental or who was instrumental in terms of helping you to sort of see that vision or make that decision? I think it was a a process. It certainly wasn't one moment in time. I am a big reader. I, I love reading. And along the way, I started reading books about finances, wealth, and a book that I'm sure so many people are familiar with, but it it was the beginning of my journey was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I have always been an employed physician. I I love it. I, I love that I'm an employed physician. And I recognize though, wow, I'm earning a great income, loving what I'm doing, didn't necessarily for me want to be a business owner within medicine, but I was not in the right side of the quadrant, right? If you've ever read those books about in the rich dad, poor dad and cash flow quadrants, I recognize that being in the entrepreneur, business owner quadrant and investor quadrant was really where you can start to build a foundation that wasn't fully dependent on my day-to-day activity. Because I, I, I did have a concern that if something should happen to me and all of my income and wealth was built in this one quadrant, if that quadrant went away, then where would I be? Mm-hmm. And so I became very interested on in going on this journey of adding on to my first passion and becoming an entrepreneur and real estate investing and just beginning on that journey. So it certainly wasn't one day in time, but I would say my love of reading led me to reading books that I was not as familiar with because I kind of grew up in a household that was, you know, go to school, get good grades, have a good career. I don't resent that. I love it. But at the same time, I'm glad that I added on to that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, 
a little bit about your decision to become an entrepreneur, but more particularly about the space that you decided to really delve into, which is the legal advice or aspect in terms of creating a legacy and especially when it comes to finances. Tell us a little bit about that decision and then who do you serve in that space and what problem do you solve? Absolutely. So Again, always a journey, right? There's always this book and you uncover after you turn the first page kind of what happened. But I was actually introduced to this whole concept of affordable services for life events when I was an employee at an HMO. And at the HMO, they offered an employee benefit that I needed at the time. At that time, my husband and I, or actually I should say I was pregnant, but we were having our first child and we knew we wanted to have a few things in place before he was born. We wanted to have some estate planning put in place. I'm an OBGYN. He's an o- my husband's an OBGYN. We knew life was not guaranteed and we had worked hard for a few things. And we wanted to make sure that if anything should happen, we had it outlined exactly you know, who would raise our, our child at that time. We have two now and we wanted to outline where things were to go. And, you know, we, we had a need. So we, we joined that program as an employee benefit for the HMO. Several years later, we discovered that there was an even better program that we became involved with. And I became very passionate both about people making great decisions for their lives as life is happening but then also making sure once they've created and they've um, created a, a good financial foundation that they have a way to pass that financial foundation on to the next generation and to leave a legacy. So I would say it began with the fact that I had a need and saw value in the services. And when I was looking at becoming an entrepreneur, I, I felt like it was something that could be of value to other people. So I, I chose to be um, an entrepreneur, you know, doing a business that I can do actually while I was still working and working as a physician and could add it on to, you know, my repertoire of things that I was doing. That's wonderful. So if someone were to come to you, what service would they be coming to you for? The main, I would say the main service people would be coming to me for would be because they want to make good decisions in life. I call them life events. So someone is, for example, purchasing a home and they need to have a real estate attorney, or perhaps they just have questions about decisions that they're making. I'll give you an example. I had, I was a landlord. I had a tenant. We had a situation where we needed to go to small claims court. We needed to speak to an attorney about that. So I was able to use the services that I have to be able to speak to an attorney about it. We've used them for things like speeding tickets and, you know, keeping that off of our insurance record. But the main thing that I will promote or share with people is that it can also be used for estate planning. And that was a a, a thing that was very important to me. So things like getting your will done, your living will done, your healthcare power of attorney and your financial power of attorney, that to me was kind of the core foundation and being able to update it as my life changed, as a second kid was added on, as we moved from, um, we moved from Las Vegas to Georgia, we were able to update things. And so those were some of the core services, but it's really for those people who think I want to be able to be empowered. I want to be protected. I want to have access 
to affordable legal services when I need to make decisions in my life so that I can make the best decision and feel like I'm not being taken advantage of and that my family and myself that we're protected. Absolutely. Yeah. See, and you listed a lot of important documents, right? A lot of important Mm -hmm. legal documents that everyone really should have in terms of just protecting themselves and their family. And also, like you said, passing on a legacy. So I know in your bio, you mentioned about having, and and you put it in quotes, the talk. So Mm -hmm. what is that? What is the talk? And then why is it important to have the talk, especially for women, especially for professional women? Absolutely. So the statistics out there for particularly people who are in relationships is, is that talking about finances is for many couples extremely difficult. It brings about a lot of discontent in relationships when people are not able to talk about money. So typically when we talk about money with our partners, our spouse, our significant others, it should be beneficial, right? The two becoming one. But when there isn't the talk about finances and final wishes, there's a lot of discord. There's a lot of people who say I'm, we're fighting all of the time. And a lot of those fights are about money. Money is connected not just to the dollars and cents, but it's connected to our emotions, it's connected to our provisions. And so there's a a deep emotional tie to money. And so my goal was to share ways that people could sit down to have the talk, one, for a better relationship, but also for creating a strong foundation. So I go over some techniques or what I have done in several of my talks is Go over techniques about how to neutralize and have a positive conversation about finances so that couples can be on the same page and grow together financially. And then the second topic that, again, I'm passionate about is once you've created a strong financial foundation, passing it on to the next generation And I call it somewhat of a taboo subject. In a lot of cultures in particular, people don't like to talk about the fact that at one point we're all going to pass away, we're all going to die, and we want to set some things up for the next generation to be able to be in a better position. So really just how to have that conversation, how to neutralize the conversation, how to make it a positive conversation, how to talk about debt and budgets and goals in a way that's super positive and productive, and then also talk about in a very productive way how to pass on that legacy to the next generation. It is extremely important in the community of women physicians because the fact is is that hopefully many, if not all of us, are earning a great income, and a lot of that income can be lost if it's not passed on correctly, if it's not outlined correctly, if people don't even know what you have. And so it's really just about us being proactive, not just about the business of medicine, but the business of running a family and the business of running our finances. Yes, that is so, so important. And when you mention, you know, passing on a legacy, define for us what actually having a legacy looks like. Because I think for a lot of people, when they think of legacy, they think it's for people who are like super rich, right? <laughs> yes, 
You're so right about that. In fact, when you said that, I, I, part of me dislikes the term estate planning mm-hmm. because the word state will in some ways make almost everyone think, oh, I have to be Rockefeller. This, right. this only <laughs> applies to the Hiltons and the Rockefellers. And I'm like, no, if you have someone that you love and you have something you've worked hard for, you have an estate. I keep it as simple as that. You have someone that you love. It could be a sister, a brother, a parent. You know, a lot of times we talk about this in relationship to spouses and children. But to me, that is not everybody. But we all probably have someone that we love, that we care about, that we're going to, that will be left behind when we pass away. And we've all worked hard for something. So it can be anything, even just personal things that are important to you, like jewelry or my, when my parents passed, there was a grandfather clock that was so dear to my mother. And it was, that could be something that can be a part of your legacy, something that's personal to you. But of course, on the financial end, you know, we have, many of us have things like life insurance or 401ks and stocks and bonds and bank accounts and maybe real estate. And the truth is, Lisa, I don't know, you may or may not be aware of this, but some people think, oh, when I pass away, it'll all be handled magically, poof. You know, people know what to do, but there's some huge statistics that actually are, it's estimated that the state government manages over $40 billion in unclaimed funds. Mm, $40 billion. That means people are not one sharing with their family what they have. What they have, yeah. Yes, right. People pass away. There's a bank account in another state. There's a policy that the person didn't change the name of who should be the recipient of the policy. Things get lost. But can you imagine that? The state yes. is, is controlling over $40 billion in unclaimed funds. And I can even share with your audience a way that you can see if you should be a recipient of that. But yeah, it, it's incredible how much money can be lost and not passed on to the people we hold most near and dear to us simply because, you know, that 30 minutes of outlining what do I have, where it is, and who do I want it to go to, that that critical step is not taken with an expectation that somehow it will all work itself out. And too many times it does not, right? We definitely don't want to do that, Dr. Kelly. We do not want to leave our hard-earned money just floating out there when it can be better served, you know, in our families. Absolutely. I like how you said better served. That's a great way to to think about it. I had a, a conversation with someone and they said, well, when I came into this world, I came in with nothing. So I haven't really thought about it. And I, I you know, I, I guess her, her thought was that our family and loved ones, they don't necessarily deserve something if I didn't come into the world with something. Mm. And oh, yes. I just sighed because yes. when you say better served, the money is going to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. 
why would we not want it to go to the people that we love and care about? Absolutely. That If it's as simple as that. Now, I believe in blessing people and helping them to start out a little bit better than I did. There's To me, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Wanting mm-hmm. to do more for the next generation. But even if we say we don't, you know, I'm not here to serve the next generation, at the very least, my thought is it's going to go somewhere. Why not have it go to the people that I care about? Absolutely. Yeah. So we have to do better, Dr. Kelly. We definitely have to do better. I also feel that there are certain groups of people, especially women, especially, you know, black and brown families where there's a huge, huge wealth gap. And there are, we are just kind of behind in terms of the whole wealth building process and in Mm -hmm. terms of, you know, like you said, leaving a legacy and estate planning and all of that, the education is lacking in those areas. So what would it take for those groups of people, women, black and brown people to really Mm -hmm. thrive and not have to really worry about finances or not have to worry about their family, you know, being okay once they are no longer here. Absolutely. You're so correct about that. And even related to women in in, um, general, there's too many times where we may bury our head in the sand and say someone else will take care of it. And I don't need to know that. I have even seen as an OBGYN in relationships that sometimes a um, female, not all of the time, may not know all that is going on in in their own personal world or in their world as family with their finances. And so I believe strongly, if you're in a relationship, both partners need to be fully aware of what's going on with the finances as a start. I also believe strongly that we need to have more education and it needs to come from several different facets, whether it be venues like this, whether it be at medical associations talking about wealth and money and how to manage it, or whether it be at your churches, where where people are is where we need to be having these conversations and making these conversations normal and a part of a normal discourse. Because what I do know is that some families talk about money and legacy, and those are the families that end up having more money yes. working on a legacy. <laughs> yes. So we need to start with the conversation. There are too many things within cultures where talking about money is bad and you're greedy and so on and so forth, or talking about leaving a legacy is talking, you're trying to put a, a, a hex on me and you know we don't want to talk about it because that means you're trying to um, put me in the grave. Mm-hmm. And so really just being in a place where we're comfortable with talking about money with our family and our loved ones, comfortable with talking about passing on a legacy to the people that we care about and, and, and having the conversation. So I think education is the key thing, but I also believe particularly people like you and I and the people on this conversation or on this podcast, starting it, being the at the forefront of it. Yes. So that other people see you talking about it and doing it and taking action will again give them the comfort level. Oh yeah, let's let's continue this conversation. Yes. Right. So I, I think it begins with educating ourselves, but then also educating other people and taking action, quite frankly, ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. So I like those. I like those kind of three, I would call action items, you know, for us to start thinking about. So the first is that families just need to become fully aware of each other's, you know, Mm -hmm. business interests, personal interests. The second is education. And I like the fact that you said that we need to start educating people where they are, right? The churches, you know, business associations and things that nature, podcasts, you know, social media venues like this. And then normalizing the conversation, because Mm -hmm. I think that is a huge factor that is a reason why a lot of people just don't talk about it. It's because it's very uncomfortable, but we have to start Mm -hmm. normalizing it and then taking action. So those are some great points. And I I know that, you know, those listening to this uh, episode will start to begin to think about, you know, in terms of their own personal finances, in terms of their own family situations, sort of what will those next steps be, right? Will they will they begin to have the talk? I hope so. And that's really why I <laughs> wanted to bring you on in and share this um, episode because I really want people to start having the talk. It's so important uh, yeah. to have it now while we're here and not, you know, when the person is gone. So. Absolutely. And even when you were talking about in the black and brown community, it truly hurts my heart to see people work so hard. And in some ways, we we do know that there's a generational wealth gap, Mm -hmm. but all we can do is start with where we are today, right? And if you have only, I I don't want to say only because I don't want to be disparaging to where anybody is, but let's say it's $10,000 well, take that $10,000 and leave it to the next legacy. That's $10,000 more starting them off on in a, in, a, in a better footing, right? Because the next family right next door has that same $10,000. They work the same amount of work as someone in the black and brown community, but they are comfortable having the conversation. They're comfortable putting mm-hmm. pen to paper. And now their child or their grandchild starts off a little bit better than the same person in the next household and the love is equal in both of those households. And that's something that I really want to, you know, stop that generational wealth gap, but we all have to start somewhere. We, I wish we can go back generations and change what's happened in the past. We cannot, all we can do is start with ourselves. So I hope everyone is listening to Dr. Kelly as she is giving us these uh, wonderful, wonderful pearls and gems in regards to starting and building our own legacy. And Dr. Kelly, thank you so much for being a guest today on this um, podcast. This information is going to help so many that are listening and you can come back anytime (laughs) and be a guest here. Well, I'm hoping that people are walking away with some food for thought and some valuable information. Absolutely. So Dr. Kelly, where can our listeners find you? Absolutely. Well, I want to do one last thing. I had mentioned that if you think, or if you don't even know if you've been, you have unclaimed funds, I want people to go to usa.gov forward slash unclaimed hyphen fund. 
no, unclaimed money, I'm sorry. And see if you and go state by state, you will be surprised with what money is out there that might be in your name. I've already done this. There was some money out there in my name. I was grateful to, for anything that I've worked hard for and, and getting it back in my own hands. So that's one thing. How people can reach me, one, you can reach out to me on Facebook. I'm on facebook.com forward slash ask Dr. Kelly. I am also on LinkedIn. It is Kelly Jackson King on LinkedIn. I will be hosting an event on April 25th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. And the conversation is going to be called Around the Coffee Table, how to communicate in peace with your spouse when it's time to have the talk about finances and final wishes, as well as hosting a will workshop. And this is for the people who say it's time to have the talk. Let's put pen to paper. Let's go ahead and get at least that first part of our estate planning done, which is a will. And I'll be hosting what's called a will workshop. So all of that will be happening on April 25th. Please reach out. You can join that event on Eventbrite. That's wonderful, Dr. Kelly. I'm definitely going to share this information with my audience, all of your contact information, as well as this um, wonderful event that you put together that I think a lot of people will benefit from. So thank you so much again for being a guest and all the best to you. And I hope to see you back again on the Women Physicians Lead podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. I appreciate your time and all that you're putting into this podcast, trying to help our community. Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today and for allowing me to be a part of your career journey. To continue receiving leadership support, I invite you to join our private Facebook group, Building Women Physician Leaders at www.leadingladiesincharge.com. Until next time, take care. If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Hopeful Hints, hosted by Dr. Tara, guides and supports those on the often challenging and isolating journey of women's health concerns and infertility. There's a particularly powerful episode that you should check out called All Things Endometriosis, which dives deep into understanding the condition to help the many women who suffer from endometriosis and have no idea they have it, and healthcare providers who are uneducated about it, making the diagnosis process so difficult. Check out Hopeful Hints on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.